E-S-N-Y. Okay, today is Sunday, April 28th, episode 11 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York. It's James and Rob, and the Yankees have swept the San Francisco Giants. As expected. As expected. We said in the preview last time we wanted two of three at worst, and we probably should have swept them. Bumgarner would have been the only matchup where I thought, you know, maybe they have a chance to win that one. But other than that, we just ran the table with them the entire weekend. Never they're, they're just not a very good baseball team. You know, offense was supposed to be their issue kind of all year long. And that showed throughout the entire series. And But so far, their bullpen and pitching have been off to a pretty solid start. Well, I'll tell you, was, well, it's not just the offense. Because their outfield defense is maybe the most atrocious thing that I've well, seen. Yeah, I was getting around to that. Is that their pitching stunk. They did not put on a clinic whatsoever to the fundamentals of baseball. It was error after error, just bad hustle, just kind of all over the place. Kind of how the Yankees looked in Houston, that that short little series we'd had with them. It was just bad. And the Yankees were just clearly a better baseball team. You know, we needed to sweep that series. The the Giants are not a good team. And that was good, though. You know, the only downside is, of course, is now DJ and Ursula went down, although all x-rays came back negative, but... Yeah, Overall, they came back negative because yeah, those two are God. absolute central right now. Yeah, if those came back anything other than negative, um, I don't know if I could react rationally to that. I think <laughs> I would have just started smashing shit. Who else would we even have to come up and, and fill that spot? You're going to see Tyler Wade every day without a Tyler, doubt. Tyler Wade every day. You probably have to sign somebody, too. I guess you would just move. You'd see Tyler Wade or Estrada more, and you would just move DJ to third, I guess, and just. Yeah, way. If they go on the I.L., you need to fill those spots, too. And oh, I mean, I don't even know who you call up at that point. I don't even know who we have floating around anywhere anymore. We have to do the same thing they did with Maven. We have to go out and find somebody. We have to yeah. find somebody in the free agent market, or we got to find somebody from another team that we can give a buck fifty and some pistachio seeds to. Yeah. That's... Buck fifty and some dip spit. Yeah. Well, that's all it took to get Cameron Maven. Uh, yeah. So somehow, I mean... We're still winning baseball games. We should have beat the Giants, obviously, but it's still absolutely insane that the Yankees are winning baseball games with the lineup we currently have right now. I mean, any lineup with our boy Brett Gardner hitting third in should not be sweeping a series. Oh, yeah. Best three-hitter the Yankees have ever had. Quote me I on mean, that. It's just, it's just weird how they're just playing, you know, pretty solid fundamental baseball. They're playing small ball. You know, Gary's you know, obviously still hitting a little bit of home runs, but all our big boys are out. But we're just playing small ball. You know, Tyra Wade's out there running all over the place like a goddamn madman. So it's just little blue pits here and there. You know, Cameron Maben coming in, getting, the, you know, RBI doubles. You know, playing like a National League team almost. Do you think that when everyone started getting injured, Brian Cashman just turned to Aaron Boone and he's like, all right, the analytics department has no idea what to do anymore because every, every guy that we signed because they were good analytics guys, they're dead now. So you just manage the way you would normally manage a baseball game. And I'll tell you what, I haven't heard a lot of complaints about Aaron Boone recently since no? six and one on this road trip. It's almost like now that he gets to do what a normal baseball person would do, all the right decisions are being made. Yeah, instead of a bunch but of the, nerds sitting behind computers telling them what to do. Yeah, it's incredible. It's almost like a hundred years of this game figured it out the right way before the computers did. Yeah. 
<laughs> we got Gary Sanchez back though, at least. Yeah, and he's playing great. Oh boy, he's we needed awesome it. Awesome to have back behind the plate. You know, obviously, I'm not the biggest Romine fan in the world, but having Gary back in the lineup just for a sense of power and yeah. just, you know. A little bit of an upgrade in defense. I shouldn't say a little bit of an upgrade, but an upgrade in defense from uh, Romine yeah, to Sanchez. Yeah. yeah, so just better. You know, I always just felt with Romine behind there, people were just, I don't know, I always felt like anyone could, they could just run whenever they wanted to. And well, he's got a noodle arm. He's got a noodle arm. There was nothing we could do about it. And and he's not going to block balls. He's not going to block exactly. balls. That's the only thing he does. Exactly. And, you know, obviously his struggles at the plate are well documented, so finally having someone, you know, obviously besides Glaber, you know, DJ and, you know, the guys who have been stepping up, you know, one of the guys that was supposed to be there all year long, you know, slugging the ball, hitting the ball out of the ballpark, driving runs, and having one of those guys back in the lineup is a big, big, big plus. Yeah, and it's just, it's nice to have one of the guys back, too. It, it just gives you a little glimpse of yeah, the exactly. offense. Like just having one of the big boys back, you know, even though it's not everybody, but just having one back in the yeah. lineup. Huge and you, you're scra- you're scraping and clawing for wins just to get wins with this this you know triple A line. It literally is a triple A lineup. It's not an exaggeration by Yankees Twitter or or overreactors. For the most part, this lineup is comprised of people who belong in triple A. Well, I mean, just look just look at what finished the game today. It was you had Talkman, Cameron Mabin, Brett Gardner outfield, and then in the infield you had Estrada, Wade, Lemayhu, Voigt. Yeah. So it's just you know you look at that it's just not even close to what the it's team not, was supposed it's not to what we were promised it was no, not exactly well thank I mean thank God Gio Urshela and DJ are not they probably won't be out long the X rays were negative so thank God uh, we might be getting another guy back in the next week Miguel Andujar he played in an extended spring training game he went two for three with a home run so we could get him back real soon I mean he's just got a DH right. I'd like to see him. He's going to be playing a lot of DH. First of all, can't take Gio out of the lineup. That guy. Saying, like, you can't. You can't take him out right now. At least, like this yeah. could not have happened in theory at a worse time for him. He was lighting the ball up. He was playing great, and now he gets hit on the hand today. And you know, rumors of Andujar coming back and whatnot. It's like, oh man, you know, take. I don't want to see at bats taken away from him, unfortunately, or any playing time, anything, because he's just so great with his glove, and he's been hitting great. So you know. I'm happy Andujar's coming back, but it's at the same time, it's like, you know, we've had this guy filling in who hasn't been that bad. <laughs> He's actually been very, very, very good for us. Even more so for me with regards to that, I just, I don't want to see Andujar at third. It's nothing with his defense. It's just that he, I mean, he had a serious shoulder injury. Exactly. If there's, a, if there's a possibility that he doesn't have to throw from third base for nine innings a day, I'd rather just see him hit. And it's not like some he's not like he's taking somebody's spot in the DH spot. We have better defenders. The lineup will work better if Andujar is hitting as the DH because Stanton's not back. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the point of of testing him with his shoulder? Uh, Madison Bumgarner had the worst trade deadline audition ever. Maybe, Yikes! Yeah, that was not good. Not, not good. good. But again, that was also the game that Belt just ran past the ball in the outfield, right? Oh yeah, he was dogging it. He was yeah. dogging it big time. Oh. I mean, obviously, there's still time before the trade deadline comes up for him to audition more as, you know, as a potential trade prospect for the Yankees, but did not look good the other day. There were a lot of plays that Brandon Belt made where I, I was convinced that he was just trying. It's like when you're in an I off- was convinced it was his first day playing organized baseball. Oh, yeah. And he had no idea where to go with the ball, like how to field left field at all. He was all over the place. 
It's like when you're at a job you really, really hate, but you can't really afford to lose the check. So you, instead of quitting, you try to get fired so you can at least get severance. Like That's how much he was just dogging in left field. But Madison Bumgarner finished with five and two-thirds, 11 hits, five earned runs, only five strikeouts. For somebody who all of Yankees Twitter wanted to be our number one trade deadline acquisition, it, well, it was not great. Not a pretty sight. And then it, on the opposite side of Brandon Belt, Tyro Estrada played a great left field very briefly, which he's never done in his entire life. He's never played left field. Yeah, before. back-to-back games he did that. Yeah, unbelievable. That's uh, And that doesn't show how fucked we are right now. Yeah. I still thought it was odd the innings they chose to take him out. Like I get it was the defensive substitution and replacement. I just felt like I guess they got him as two at-bats, and they were like, that's okay for today. Yeah, and also, we, we had leads when we were taking him out of the game, too. So well, it's yeah, like, okay, I, I, I understand, just, I understand yeah. that, but I always felt like those substitutions came later in a game. Like, I, I guess, but they just felt comfortable after him getting two or three at-bats. He was good for the day, and just to get Wade in there, which is fine. You know, you got to do what you got to do, but yeah. I just thought it was very weird. The sixth inning, I thought it was very interesting. He's, he's just looked, he looks like a great hitter. He looks like he's been hitting in the major leagues for at least three yes. years. Which, it's awesome, because you don't know what you're going to get from a guy when he comes up from AAA. Everyone in the organization really liked him a lot. He's young. He's going to he, he's gonna be a piece in the future. So just to recap the series really quickly, um, we had on Friday, we won 7-3. to Bumgarner had his rough audition. Bad, bad start. Luke Voigt jacked a two-run shot, which is great. Luke Voigt and Gleyber Torres are really, like, we didn't expect Brett Gardner to be in the lineup every day when the season started. Voight and Torres are the only ones who we expected to be here for 160 games, or at least 150 games, who are still here. And thank God that they're producing, because if they weren't, it would be we'd be in a big trouble. Luke Voigt, what's his on-base streak at now? 37? 39 after today. 39? 39. 39 game on-base streak dating back to last year, which is absolute insanity. Uh, so we, we won today. Thank you, St. Louis. Thank you, St. Louis, yeah. I'm ho- I hope they really enjoy Chase and Sharif. Actually, didn't they DFA Sharif? I know they still have Gallegos. I'm not sure if they still have Sharif. That I'm not be, sure either. That would be hysterical. I'm just going to be honest. He's not one of the people on the top of my list to keep track of. On where he ends up. I, w- I want to find out because that would be absolutely hysterical if we traded Chase and Sharif and Giovanni Gallegos and then half of our deal in that trade uh, was no longer on the team. It didn't even last an entire year with the organization. They were like, oh no, wow, we, we didn't get anything for, for Luke Voigt, who's now one of the best hitters in the league. Second in the league in RBI is going into today's game. Yeah, and it's oh, it's amazing. And the AL, I should say. Let's see. Jason Shreve. What is he doing these days? I don't know. I don't see anything about him being DFA'd, so... Oh, here we go. Pat. Oh yeah, he... They DFA'd him, nobody claimed him, and now he's in AAA. So that's even worse. No other team was even willing to take a take a waiver on him. I mean, I don't think anyone should. No, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. Uh, Saturday, Jay Happ was fantastic. He had seven innings, five hits, no runs. It was really great to see. It's his third quality start in a row, but this is the first one where it was from it's the jump. first one of the year. First one in the year. First one in the year to finally they, get it. They, they blew his last couple. Yeah, well, that's exactly what we're getting to. He blew. They blew the one. Was it L.A.? I think it was L.A. Right? L.A. They blew. Yeah. They blew right. Yeah. 
but it, it was just really nice to see because he's been everyone gets on him almost immediately because his last few starts he's had three quality starts in a row and in the first two he got knocked around a little bit early so everyone jumps on Twitter with their hot takes. Everyone wants to be first to the hot take, and they're like, this guy, J-Hap, sucks. we got to get rid of him. And then you look at the stat line at the end of the day. It's like, oh, this is exactly what we expected to get out of our fourth starter. Morons. Morons. And and Saturday, he was absolutely fantastic. We won 6-4. Oh, to four. Yeah, 6-4. to four. Luis Sessa had a, he had a great eighth inning, and then the wheels came off in the ninth after he had that bat. Yeah, can I just say something about that for a second? Like, yes, you can. Like, everyone was, the guy has one bad inning. In like forever, they did this to Adovino too, who was uh, even more publicly like fantastic. Uh, you just look at Luis Sessa's numbers and like, oh, this is actually he's having a good year so far. Like, he had one bad inning and everyone just jumps all over him. It was unbelievable. I couldn't, you know, like I put a tweet out there. Like at the moment, it was very frustrating, obviously, but yeah. the guy's been great for us. Like I don't, and everyone's like, get the guy out, uh, get the guy off the team. It's like, first of all, he's not Chad Green right now. No, no, like Chad Green was lost every single day. Exactly. So, yes, it was it unfortunate that he turned it into a save situation. Like he couldn't get out of he, Chapman had to come in. A one third you know? inning save situation. But again, they were um, they were saying that maybe it had something to do with him going up to bat at the top of the ninth. Yeah, it, 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 he, he lost focus. He lost focus, and he because he was taking he was taking hacks. Oh yeah. At that point, he was like, "I'm up here to hit a dinger." And that's it. I won't settle for anything less. And I think maybe he lost his focus or tired his arm out. I don't know. I won't believe in any of those excuses. I think it will just it just lost it for a second. You know, that happens. You know, he lost it for a little bit of an inning, but we still won the game. That's all that matters. Yeah. And he's still been pretty solid for us. So I don't see why anyone is already down this guy's throat so quickly. I don't get it. Yeah, well that's that's what uh that's what Boone said about about his at bat. He was like he was swinging so hard that he just he clearly lost focus. And then everyone was dogging him in the in the dugout because you know when you when a pitcher goes up and he takes a hack like that, every single hitter is laughing, every single one of them, and rightfully so because it looks preposterous. And I hate going to National League parks because I don't like seeing my my hitters swing like that because I know they're going to tear an oblique or they're going to do Ching Ming Wong running the bases, Masahiro Tanaka running the bases. It's just, when American League pitchers go to National League parks, bad shit happens. I don't like it. I hate it. It's the, my least favorite thing in the world. We need a universal DH. Why? Who wants to see a pitcher hit? Who wants it? We see like three home runs a year. And every other time, it's either a sacrifice bunt or an out. All three of those home runs come from the Mets. I hate it. I hate it so much. God. Why was this the rule that didn't get added yet? We had, we had all these rule changes. How is it not immediately the universal DH? This is the one. This is the only one we've wanted for like 20 fucking years. God damn it. All right. I made myself mad. That's I didn't mean to do that. Today, the Yankees won 11 to 5. Domingo Herman was really good until the sixth inning when the wheels fell off. Uh, the stat line doesn't look great. He ended up with six innings, uh, five hits, four earned runs. All that damage came in the sixth inning. He was fantastic before that point. And that is all your fault. All my, yeah, it, it is true. I did jinx him. I, uh, watching the beginning of the sixth inning, I turned around and I said, yeah, Domingo's only got 66 pitches right now. He could throw a complete game shutout. And then the wheels came off completely. It's on me. Yeah, didn't knock on wood, didn't do anything. He said it, and then I knew it. As soon as he said it, I was like, this is what's going to happen now. And yeah. it did. So that's my bad, Domingo. I'm sorry. That's this was my fault. You should have thrown a complete game, uh, complete game shutout. My bad. Also, 
lost in my rant really quick was that Gary Sanchez had his first career Grand Slam and it went 467 feet. Absolute piss missile. Absolute piss missile. I refuse to believe his second home run was not farther. That home run he hit today, they claimed it was 430 feet. I don't believe that for a second. When I, when I saw it, it I, we guessed. You said, what did you say? Well, because they said, so I, I started getting crazy. Because you misheard, they said, though. You misheard. You well, misheard no, Michael. Actually, no, he actually, his first one was 467 feet. The Grand yeah, Slam. Heard was, saying that, that this one was longer. No, he did say that. Everyone is on my, they were on my side saying that they thought it was farther. Oh, yeah. And because where the ball landed, it was like one section over, three rows up. So I don't know where they're getting this math from that it, it was, I don't know. Everyone was like, this one seems like it was farther. And everyone's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden it was 30 feet shorter, 37 yeah. feet shorter. It didn't make any sense. And off the bat, it looked like it was going into the bay. I mean, like all the way over the left field wall bay. Yeah. Like out of the stadium, over whatever behind there. And just traveling, I, I, probably, honestly, probably going to hit Oakland. Like who knows? Yeah. I thought he hit it to the planet formerly known as Pluto. Yeah, like, it was unbelievable. But it ended up only 430. It was a big home run nonetheless. Gary Sanchez, great series to come back with. Uh, who else hit? Uh, Joe Harvey gave up his gave up a homer. I didn't like well, seeing that. Joseph Harvey, first jo- of all. Joseph, Joseph Harvey. Harvey. Yes, Joseph, Joseph Harvey. Harvey. I'm sorry. And I'm a big Joseph Harvey guy. And it was a tough look. A tough look for us today. Um, tough look. Hopefully he settles down. You know, he was able to clean it up. They war- they got Britain up and warming, but they never bought him in, which was nice. The bullpen was solid. The bullpen was solid this whole series. They had uh, Holder and Kingley didn't give up any hits through two innings. And Joe Harvey, the only hit, Joseph Harvey, sorry. The only hit he gave up was a solo homer. And then he got out of that inning, no problem. So he ended up winning 11-5. to five. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, just there's, here's the thing about the Yankees winning games. There's not really a whole lot to talk about afterwards. Because when everything is going well, all you can say is especially going well. Especially this series. It was just a lot of... Against San Fran. Which is great. Like, you know, we'll be able to run through this, you know, just in time for the Battle of Winterfell. Oh, yeah. This is this has been the most intense... I, I'm going to cite 24 hours, because I'm going to go back to last night with Endgame, which I had already seen. I saw it on opening night. Rob saw it for the first time last night, and he has a story. Well, we'll keep it quick here, but there was just some woman sitting grown woman that we didn't know was a grown woman because the giggling the pitch of this giggle and the consistency and the duration of the giggle was unbelievable like people are dying left and right you know and she's just laughing and they're they're cracking they're not even cracking jokes like they're just like doing those like the little like superhero movie like looks and like you know, like eye winks and eyebrow raises, and she's just cracking up, cracking up. Like, what was the longest duration? Probably, it felt like two minutes, two and a half minutes straight oh, yeah. of a giggle when no one else is laughing. People in the theater are yelling at this woman. So you gotta stop, please. Like, and James sit next to me. James feels bad for me because that was his second time seeing Endgame, and it was my first time. And he, the death stare he's giving this woman, and again in the dark and the giggle, it looked like he was a twelve-year-old. She was a very small woman. And so I was like, the dad's got to say something. Turns out the boyfriend was sitting right next to her, just egging her on. Cracking jokes. If you are like, I'm going to give you a little tip, everybody. If that's how you are at movies, don't go the opening weekend. You, you can ruin the experience for so many people. Oh, so many people were ready to fight her. It was unbelievable. But 
we digress back to baseball. Back to baseball. And then tonight, Battle of Winterfell, obviously. So this is a really big, really big 24 hours. Um, so let's, uh, you want to talk about the Mets? Yikes. <laughs> Syndergaard stinks. Yeah, I mean, I guess they give superhero nicknames to people that just have a six ERA and the iron thrown to them, too. You imagine having a bobblehead day with the only iron thrown and you give up five runs through <laughs> five, five runs on 11 hits? 11 hits through four? Is that what it was? Your bobblehead sitting on the iron throne. Like, oh. guess what, dude? If you were actually in, when if you were actually in Westeros, we'd be fucked. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, even worse, I, I did see a headline from a couple of days ago. When Noah Syndergaard came out and said, our performance right now is simply unacceptable. And then he comes out and he lays a fucking goose egg. He might, at, at this moment, at the recording of this podcast, he is the most overrated pitcher in Major League Baseball. I will, I will second that. Very overrated. Granted, when he's on his game and his past seasons prove it, when he, like, he's a great pitcher. Whatever's going on right now, and the end of the last season up until now, he is the most overrated player in baseball. It is like, unbelievable. It's yeah, and when Nathan Avaldi has a hundred and a nasty splitter working, he's unhittable. Doesn't matter if people hit you if you don't yeah. have it working. Like just whatever's going on with him right now, it's crazy. And you know he's gonna want all this money and whatnot when his contract's up, which I think is two years. I, I, feel, I don't know the contract he's I on. I don't, I don't know it either off the top of my head. I feel like it's relatively soon, but based off of this, he is screwed. Oh, big time screwed. He is someone, some dumb team's gonna give him a good contract anyway, but I don't. I, the Mets aren't going to extend him. I can't imagine that the Wilpons are going to be like, yeah, no, we want to give you more money for this. I mean, that would be the Wilpons for you, though. Yeah, but you already, getting money out of them is like is like pulling teeth. And uh, they can look back at numbers and be like, oh, what? You, you have bad numbers. Why would we give you that amount? Yeah, but when I, when I pitch well, uh, but you don't ever pitch well. <laughs> we haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. <laughs> DeGrom hasn't really been great either. I'm not as concerned about him. He'll get right. Oh, I'm very concerned for them about that. You're concerned about DeGrom? Oh, yeah. Ever since that whole injury thing, and he's just come out. He, his past three starts it's have flat. been flat. atrocious. Like, I'm sure, like, maybe he'll figure it out, but it's just it just seems like the aura that is now surrounding the Mets is that typical Mets aura that always happens where everything just seems to be going down the shitter. Yeah. It's just everything. I mean, yeah, they won today. They beat a pretty good Milwaukee team today, but that was to avoid the sweep. At home. Well, a Yelichless Milwaukee team because he's day to day, so he did not play today. He did. Oh, he did he play did. today. He got taken out he of the game yesterday. Oh, he got taken out he today. Got taken out of the game today. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he left the game uh, for lower back discomfort or something like that. Yep. From carrying his team, probably. Um, yeah. But best best hitter on the planet right um, now. I'll say it. They have a huge. They've had obviously anyone who follows baseball knows that they've had a huge, huge issue at the catcher position. Essentially, since Paul DeLuca left the team, they've just had nobody there ever. And now they finally they've DFA so hard to find a good catcher. They, they DFA Darno, and you know, for the longest time, that Dickey trade was known as like, yeah, they got Syndergaard and they got Darno, but it was like the biggest piece of that trade for the for that little short period of time. There was that they got this was the Darno trade, like they got Travis Darno, yeah. and everyone who knows the Mets knows that you know. Everyone knew what Syndergaard was, and then Darno came through, and they were like, holy crap, we finally have a catcher. And what happened was, typical Mets fashion, he got injured, and it was just a total misevaluation of what they thought they had post-injury. They thought he was their second-best catcher in the nope. system, and he wasn't even close, and he's just not. 
It's just another class. Like, we see it all the time in baseball where the guy has it and then he gets hurt and then it's all over. You know, Ramos right now is trying to do it, trying to carry carry the torch. He's a good catcher. He's, He's a good a catcher. Catch, but they have not had a solid everyday catcher, or however you want to phrase it, you know, a steady guy behind there since Paul Laduca and Mike Piazza. I yeah. Paul well, Laduca on those, on those mid-2000s teams was a stud. He batted second for them. I'm pretty sure in the, in the NLCS in 06, and he was great behind the plate. And he like, called the great game. And ever since then, it's just been a mismatch of people they had behind there. I mean, what was it? Josh Tolley, right, was behind there at one point. Like yep. they just have when Hubs and Tommy Scabelli did their most random New York Yankees of all time, like from 2008 on. Like you could just do that on the Mets with catchers for the amount of people that they've had behind home plate. Yeah, and you wouldn't have heard of any of them. No, you wouldn't. It's a, the, I think the, probably the most recognizable name behind that is Brian Schneider. Remember Brian Schneider? No. Exactly. He used to ca- he was on the Nationals back in the day. Like he came yeah, over, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we got." It's when they signed Ryan Church too. They got like two guys from the Nationals, and they were like, "That's we're not great. We're gonna win. We're gonna win. Sure they are not. We're gonna win now." Oh man. Uh, the only other thing with the Mets was a fan tried to catch a home run ball earlier. Was that today or yesterday? I think it was today, right? I don't, I don't remember. I saw either way. either way, he tried to catch a home run ball and spilled an entire beer on Ryan Braun. Just that's, I mean, that's a perfect metaphor for who the Mets are. He didn't catch the ball either. He didn't, he didn't catch the ball. He spilled his entire beer on the Brewers outfielder. It's like 15 bucks too. Yeah. And then the Mets Twitter account just like made a joke out of it. Like, what's up Brewers? Get it? Cause beer. No, that wasn't funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's check in on Boston. The kid- we have a significant starving population in Boston. Oh, yeah, the kids are starving. I'm, I'm telling you, though, Route 99 is very pleased with what's going on right now. <laughs> for for kid that comes in, like, sorry, you're baying, dude. <laughs> you, know, you got a problem? Here's Chris Sales' Twitter handle. Go after him. Profits through the roof. Yeah. Got a problem? Call Chris Sale, and you can call the best defensive center fielder of all time, Jackie Brad, who can't catch a ball in center field and it bounces. That's why you're paying for food. Yeah, exactly. Ask them why you're paying for food right now. <laughs> for whoever doesn't know, um, there's a a picture going around the internet right now of the it's the backstop of Fenway Park, and there's a sign on it that says "Kids eat free when Red Sox win." The Red Sox aren't winning, so the kids are fucking starving. Starving. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all it's all fun games, you know. Poke fun at Boston and, and go after them when they're playing this way, and we keep saying that they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna figure it out. Granted, it's still April. Yeah, if we re- I wouldn't really get too worried about them until it starts creeping closer to the All Star break and whatnot. But this is very concerning. I yeah, would, you know, at the moment you would think like right now they gotta be. Like you need to start winning these games and start winning series, but they're just not. They just haven't. I mean, they tried to do. Uh, oh, I forgot what the hell it was. Never mind. But it's just unbelievable. I lost my train. Well, of the most the most concerning part of the whole thing is that Chris Sale is the biggest culprit of of just being yeah, absolutely he's, terrible. He's zero and five. Doesn't have a win yet this year. It's unbelievable. No. And usually it's the opposite. It's usually Chris Sale is just lights out for the first four months of the season and then his body starts to break down. Yeah. And, but the thing is also, it's not like, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't know. I'm just basing it off his ERA and some stats that I've read. I don't think any of his losses have been particularly close, right? No, no. His ERA is through the roof. 
Yeah. Mm. Uh, extremely uncharacteristic. And that's what I would be very concerned as a Red Sox fan seeing that from Chris Sale this early on in the season. Yeah, it's it's not a good situation at all. That's that's your ace. You need him to be good. If he's not good, you're you're just all kinds of fucked. I want to bring up the ZRA right now. I want to know exactly what it is before I before it's I make tough. it up out of my mind. Six thirty. Oh and five with a six thirty ERA. After today, he gave up four through two today at at first. I don't know how many innings he went today and what he finished up with, but he has a total. He has thirty innings, thirty two strikeouts, and a one point four WHIP, which is walks and hits per inning. Which means every inning he's out there, he's giving a guy and a half are getting on base. Yeah, that's problematic. Uh, Dustin Pedroia started. No need to brag, but Mandy K's on my super mega baseball team. <laughs> his whip is significantly lower than that. Okay. Oh man, uh, Dustin Pedroia is starting a minor league rehab assignment on Thursday. I don't. When is this guy just gonna stop? I don't know. It, it might be time to call it. It's like that guy from SpongeBob. Like, how many times you got to teach you a lesson, old man? Like, just stop. <laughs> just, just stop. That's that's a really long comparison between an injured thirty-five-year-old player and elder abuse. Well, it's just a thing from SpongeBob. But it, like, he's yeah. just been, he's dragging this thing out. Like, when was the last time he played? Like, did he play a game yet this year? I think he did, right? No, he did. He did. And then he heard a pop in his knee, and he was like, "Nope, exactly. gotta call it." Like, dude, my man. Like, you just gotta know when to pull the plug. He's always been like he's been a gritty guy, and that's great when you're when you're young and you're a gritty guy and everybody loves you. But then you get older and it's like, oh, that actually took a really big toll on my body when I was playing like that. He's pulling a David Wright. I mean, I, I don't want to say David Wright was injured because uh, he he was always trying to come back, but there was never really. Well, I'm saying he's pulling a David Wright in the aspect that they were like both their careers were heading towards Cooperstown. And they were going to be Hall of Famers and then just absolutely derailed from injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a, and that's a real shame. I hate Dustin Pedroia, but, you know, as a baseball fan, he's a guy you want to see play. I always try to separate everything I do into Yankees fan and baseball fan. And as a baseball fan, the Red Sox also called up their top prospect, Michael Chavis. I think it's Chavis. I think it's pronounced Chavis. I think it's Chavis. But either way, uh, he is, he's going to be a problem. I saw him take the last time. Only time I saw him hit was in spring training, and he took a few hacks, and I was I immediately could tell Where this kid's again. What position? Oh, he's a third baseman. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, so he's what are they going to do with Devers then? Uh, I I don't think Chavis is only a for, uh, third baseman. I think he can play other positions, and even still, I would almost I would almost put uh, Devers and DH if you're comfortable with. JD Martinez and left. But either way, um, the only other thing with the Red Sox is Evaldi's surgery went well and he could be back in six weeks. Who cares? Doesn't matter to me. Um, around the league, Vlad Jr. is here. Yeah. I mean, sick walkout song. He's got to milk it a little longer to get past, like, you know, the Billy Ray Cyrus part of Old Town Road, you know? Yep. But can we talk about that second at bat he had? Oh, the one where the cameraman... The cameraman should be sentenced to death. Yeah. He made it look like Vlad Jr.'s second... He sec- made it look was like that ball Gary's was hit to Montreal. He was like, no, this ball is fucking out of here. And the guy, I mean, granted, the guy makes a great catch on the wall, but yeah. he acted like that ball was going no less than 800 feet. Yeah. And it, he just missed it. Just it's, missed it. Vlad, Vlad Jr. is also going to be a goddamn problem. 
he had a he had a couple of really nice shots that got caught, and then in the what was it bottom nine, he had a leadoff double. Leadoff double that led yeah. to the winning run. At former former Yankee Brandon Drury hit that walk off homer. So that's great. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he's going to be a problem for Yankees fans, obviously. He had a couple good plays at third too. Yeah, he can pick it there. Uh, Albert Pujols passed Barry Bonds on the all-time RBI list, so now he's third behind Hank Aaron and A. Rod. Good for him. Great career. That guy's at least sixty years old, and he's probably got what five more years. I would accept any answer less than sixty. No. How, how did? How were they allowed to just? Nobody verified his age whatsoever. Like it's just commonly accepted now that he's at least a few years older than he said he was. But like nobody had the foresight to be like, well, he kind of looks like he's 27. Well, I, think, I think it had to do with, with something when he came here, right? Like he just didn't have the documentation or like he didn't know either, something like that. Yeah, but I I think at the age of, when he come in like 20, 19, I think at that age you're, you're aware enough to be able to, you know, get it within two years, I would say. I think the consensus is that it's well, like that's a what, what you just said. He's, in with, he's within two years then. No, I'm saying I'm saying over. Like he, the consensus is that he's older than five years than what he actually says he is. And if you're 18, you should probably be able to get your age within two years. I'll admit, like I'm 20 now. It's just the way you went through life, and you had no idea. Like you were just like at one point, you like you just kind of forgot. But five years is so long. You think they just don't keep time? I'm not saying that. I, I don't know how. He, I don't know. I mean, I, how the guy grew up. Yeah. Whatever. Same with El Duque, like El Duque turned out to be like a shit ton older than he actually was, and he was just, yeah. he just like the paperwork just went missing. Like it was just when he defected, just it, was when just he defected there was just nothing he could do. Uh, Tim Anderson is still getting heat for bat flipping after an extra innings walk off home run, which I I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting real tired of this. Smart thing of just embracing it. Just going right into it. Yeah. Well, he tweeted out. He's like, I don't know what old rules you guys are talking about. These are the rules that we came up playing with. And you know what? That's that's fine. Bat flips are awesome. I hate it. I hate it when people get on on the backs of Tim Anderson for hitting a walk off home run and then getting mad because he pimped it. When you hit a walk off home run, you're excited. Who cares if he flips the bat? Yeah, I agree. It's kind of silly that people are going after him for it. Whatever. Uh, the Indians called up former terrible Yankee Tyler Clippard. I really look forward to us getting a hold of him again. Um, and last thing, Trevor Bauer and Alex Bregman for sure want to kill each other. Yeah, I don't know this story. So what happened, they have kind of a feud going back to last year when Trevor Bauer accused the Astros pitchers of doctoring the baseballs because all of a sudden their spin rates were out of control and guys like... Um, who was it? I think Garrett Cole is the one who came in throwing like 93 and then all of a sudden he throws 98. Is that true? I don't I don't remember who it was who showed up and all of a sudden his fastball was like six miles an hour faster. I don't remember either. I don't remember who it is, but uh, Trevor Bauer said they're doctoring balls and Bregman went after him for being like, Why not just, we're not doctoring balls. Don't accuse us of cheating. And then everyone on the Indians got mad at Trevor Bauer because they basically sentenced, he basically sentenced his batters to get hit by pitches. Which is not great. Um, then the other day, Trevor Bauer has a great outing against Houston. Throws, uh, gives up one earned run over eight innings, and goes on social media afterwards as if taking a video of himself. It was Alex Bregman bobblehead day too. Just taking a video of himself, and he asks, "Hey, did I dominate you today?" And then he turns the camera around, and it's the bobblehead nodding. 
That's awesome. <laughs> what, I mean, That's awesome. It's an aggressive move. But uh, and then Bregman got asked about it. And he was like, oh, I'm really proud of him for dominating. I'm really happy for him. I'm just I'm so glad that that he's, you know, dominating. Good for him. Just like one of those answers where he's trying to make it sound like he doesn't care. But on the inside, he's really, really cares. Yeah, Bregman just got like that deadpan delivery, but that definitely pissed him off. Oh, yeah. That, so that's that's a great budding rivalry. They're gonna, there. Someone's gonna get murdered. It's this is this is becoming an outrageous thing, because Trevor Bauer is an actual crazy person, and Bregman is he's like the swag king of the MLB right now. He can't he can't have someone upstaging him like that. Just can't allow it. Yeah, Bauer's a goddamn lunatic. He also doesn't get along with Garrett Cole either. Well, yeah, because he just it must have been Garrett Cole who came over and started throwing six miles an hour faster because that's what spurred the whole thing with Trevor Bauer saying they're obviously doctoring the baseballs. You don't just throw six miles per hour harder in one year. And I was like, well, we have all this technology that's proprietary, first of all, so we can't tell you what it is that teaches us how to maximize our bodies. And it works because the pitching staff is fantastic. But yeah, the Cole and Bauer stuff go back to when they were at college together. So I don't yeah, know. If, they were teammates at UCLA. Yeah, their their coach, their like assistant coach came out. Who's he coaches somewhere else now? It might be like Cal State Fullerton. And he was like, I don't see those guys mending their like bridges anytime soon. Well, yeah. just Trevor Bauer is an absolute insane person. Yeah, crazy. Love it. Uh, all right, we're wrapping it up. It's time for the Battle of Winterfell. Yep, Game of Thrones. Have Peace. a good week.